Hey everyone, it's Matt with the DPI Podcast, and this is part two of the Magic Kingdom Park Detail Series. So really what we want to do is give you a second day's look at what it would take to get through Magic Kingdom in two days. So this is going to get us through a couple more areas, and it's going to give us a couple more ideas on how we structure our day to get through the Magic Kingdom if we had two days to do it. So I'm going to bring on Peter with Princesses in the Mouse Disney Travel, and we're going to get this episode going. Turn your Disney dream into a magical Disney vacation with Princesses and the Mouse Disney Travel. Hey, Peter, good to have you on again. So what are we going to be talking about today? Well, last time in the first part of our Magic Kingdom video, we brought you into the entrance and we had you head left from the hub. But now there's a whole bunch of the park that's straight ahead and over to the right of the hub. So today we're going to be working on the breakdown of Liberty Square, Fantasyland, and Tomorrowland. Now, Fantasyland is very, very expansive, so it's going to take us quite a bit of time to talk about that. But those are the parts of the park we're going to be looking at. So between the last video and today, you're going to have a whole view of the Magic Kingdom and hopefully some tips on how to approach it either all in one, which we don't necessarily recommend, or breaking it into two days, which is our more preferred method. Okay, so Peter, let's get your screen up and let's get into Liberty Square. All right, so as Matt mentioned, the first place that we're going to start today is Liberty Square. So I bring you back to that central hub. Here's our partner statue and our castle. And the other day, we headed off screen down to the left. So today, a couple of ways to get into Liberty Square. You can come up through those passways that we talked about in the last video and along this path. Or coming out of the central hub, you can see you're going to go across a bridge and into Liberty Square. So I just want to highlight what you're going to find in Liberty Square. So let's start with dining. Over here in 36 and 37, those are Diamond Horseshoe and Liberty Tree Tavern. Those are going to be a couple of restaurants. Those are sit-down restaurants, um, not character-based. One of them just kind of focuses on kind of home cooking type fare, and the other one focuses on Thanksgiving dinner. And then some quick service to mention. Up here at 38, 40, and 39, 38 is Columbia Harbor House. You're going to have basically seafood and chicken. 39 is just a market that has some like fruits and snacks and chips and drinks. And then 40 is Sleepy Hollow where you can get a chicken, a chicken leg and also some pretty good breakfast food, some chicken and waffles and other stuff like that. So that's the food in Liberty Square. And in terms of attractions, uh, 33 is the Hall of Presidents. So 33 kind of details the history of the presidents of the United States of America. And then 35 is a fan favorite. One of, again, those nostalgic type rides at Magic Kingdom. That's going to take you to the Haunted Mansion. And the Haunted Mansion is a fantastic ride. It's dark. It's a little eerie. Cobwebs everywhere. It uses dark lighting and strobe effects to kind of enhance um, sort of a, a macabre feel to it. You board a doom buggy and you work your way through various scenes, dancing ghosts, the the axe murdering bride, and then the the graveyard shindig. 
uh, are all kind of some pieces that you're going to work your way through on the haunted mansion um it is home to 999 happy haunts but hey if you're willing they're willing to make it a thousand um heading out of haunted mansion takes us to shops 42 is memento mori it is a haunted mansion themed shop and then possibly one of the most overlooked but also one of the most amazing is 41 ye old christmas shop it is christmas christmas and more christmas if you want an ornament they got it if you want a, de a decoration for your winter time at home and you want it to be disney they got it so right here 41 ye old christmas shop uh definitely a place to take in especially if you love disney and you love christmas um so that kind of wraps up liberty square so if we now talk we can head out of liberty square and come up this pathway or just to the right of sleepy hollow there's a pathway that brings us up into what we're going to deem classic fantasy land and matt's going to be the one that's going to talk us through classic fantasy land all right so as peter brings us up through that walkway it's one of the worst walkways to come through um later in the day but if we're doing it in the morning it's not bad and you're going to come to 46 which is a, it's a small world this is the classic ride at Walt Disney World where you go on a boat and it's an animatronic wonderland of little kids from around the world. Across the pathway there is Peter Pan's Flight, another original ride, and it's a great nostalgic ride. You fly in a pirate ship, you go through a lot of the tricks that they play with your eyes to make the ride work. Um, also on the small world side is Pinocchio's Village House, and that's a dining area. It's a quick service restaurant that is part of the early morning magic package. And it's got a cool little window that actually looks out over the ride queue of It's a Small World. Coming down towards the castle, you have the Royal Carousel, Mickey's Philhar Magic, and then you have a little shopping area, and it's a little nook in behind the castle, which they don't really show real well, but it does have a couple of character meet and greets over there. The castle itself has a couple of special features to it. In the lower level of the castle, there is a Bippity-Boppity Boutique location. It is across from the registration table for Royal Table, which is the dining experience that is on the second floor of the castle and it is a character dining experience but it also is a fine dining experience so it is a two credit option and is one of the most sought after reservations in the magic kingdom as you work your way back up towards seven doors mine train you're gonna have another little shopping area and then you're gonna have another little quick service dessert and hot dog stand um, in 66 and 65 and then you get to Winnie the Pooh. So one of our tricks for the second day at Magic Kingdom is hitting Peter Pan's flight, It's a Small World, and Winnie the Pooh relatively early in the morning. This kind of goes away from everybody that's going back into this back area seems like they're going to Seven Doors Mine Train. If you kind of veer away from the crowds, you can ride some of these rides that are going to generate longer ride times later in the day early in the morning and get them knocked off your list 
So as we continue around from Winnie the Pooh, you have the Mad Tea Party, which is the teacups ride, and it is a spinning ride. You can make it go as fast or as slow as you want, um, and it's it's another one of those classic Disney experiences. You have a little ice cream stand there at 64, and then 55 is the meet and greet with Merida. As we get back towards the back of the park, this is the newer section of Magic Kingdom. And this is New Fantasyland. So, Peter, why don't you tell us about this area? All right. So, as Matt just talked about, Old Fantasyland contains a lot of those classic rides. So, now let's look at what Disney World did in the later part of the 2000s, heading into 2010 when they built New Fantasyland. So, first thing that I want to do is talk about how we get into this area. So, from the carousel, let's head up this pathway and kind of discuss what we're going to see. This heads us into what I'm going to call the Beauty and the Beast area. 47 is Enchanted Tales with Belle. So that's a really great show where you go in and Belle kind of reads you some stories. And there are some surprises that I don't want to give away here on this video. But it's definitely worth your time, especially if you can grab a late in the afternoon fast pass or get it as it opens. Then as we head up to 61 and 62, we actually have some food. 61 is the BR Guest Restaurant. BR Guest takes you inside the Beast Castle. And for breakfast and lunch, it is a quick service, which is awesome to know, but also awesome to know that you better book it six months out or you're going to really risk not getting it. Even though it's a quick service, it does accept dining reservation. At night, it turns into a two-table service meal that focuses on fine French cuisine, and it also allows you to meet the beast in his parlor after your meal. Finishing up that pathway, you get to 62, and 62 is Gaston's Tavern, so it focuses on Gaston and his hunts, and you have his giant armchair sitting next to the fire, and that's home to one of my favorites, Le Fou's Brew which is a pear apple cider slushy, which is just absolutely delicious. And right next to it, you see a little Mickey head, which means there's a character. And of course, the character that you can meet there is Gaston. No one does meet and greets like Gaston. Heading down this back pathway, you get the Little Mermaid area of New Fantasyland. 48 is the Voyage of the Little Mermaid ride, where you're going to board a clamshell and go through the scenes of the movie. And 49 is where you can meet Ariel in her grotto, where she's sitting on her clamshell in full mermaid form with a tail and all. Um, 63 is just a little refreshment stand, right? Then we're going to head into this back area. And this back area is Casey Jr. Circus. So you're going to see a lot of theming as though you're walking in to Casey Jr.'s circus all set up. And for those of you that don't remember or don't know what Casey Jr.'s is, that's the circus that owns Dumbo and Dumbo's mom, Jumbo. So 50 is a character meet and greet where you're going to meet sometimes Goofy, sometimes Daisy, Donald, different characters are back there. Normally the Fab Five kind of in circus getups. 68 is Big Top Souvenirs, really large store. And there is some food in there as well that gives you like, um, you know, roasted peanuts and popcorn and other circus type fare. 
And then 51 is a splash zone. That's a lot of fun um, on those hot days for kids. And then 52 and 53 are attractions. 52 is um, Goofy's Barnstormer. It's a really slow, fun roller coaster for kids. And 53 is the classic Dumbo. Now, the cool thing about Dumbo is I actually like waiting in the standby line for Dumbo because in the middle of the standby line, you actually check in and get a pager and sit down in this little big top area. And there's a huge play area for your kids. So you can sit down and wait for the pager to go off and your kids can play. And when your pager goes off, it sends you into the little line waiting to board Dumbo. Um, so definitely something that a lot of people don't know about. I actually like waiting when Dumbo has about a 30 to 45 minute line because it means my kids are going to get about 15 to 20 minutes in that play area. Um, so definitely something to keep in mind. So Matt kind of talked about not heading for the big stuff and heading for more like Peter Pan or Winnie the Pooh if you don't have a fast pass. I also then recommend hitting Ariel and Barnstormer and Dumbo right away early in that morning on your day on this side of Magic Kingdom. The only thing I haven't talked about in New Fantasyland is right here, and it is the piece of New Fantasyland. It is turning into one of the, the defining characteristics of Magic Kingdom, and that is the Seven Dwarves Mine Train. Seven Dwarves Mine Train is a mine-style roller coaster, and it's going to take you through the mine of the Seven Dwarves. You're going to get to see the Seven Dwarves and Snow White. And it's just a really awesome, fully immersive ride right there in New Fantasyland. So from here, we're going to head down into Tomorrowland. And Matt's going to start talking about part of Tomorrowland for us. As you enter Tomorrowland from Fantasyland, the first thing you're going to come to is Cosmic Ray's Starlight Cafe. This is a counter service restaurant that offers burgers and chicken and a wide variety of food options. And it's one of the busier counter service options in the Magic Kingdom. Across the walkway from Cosmic Rays is going to be the Tomorrowland Speedway. This is kind of an amped up Tin Lizzy ride um, where it lets kids drive cars and they're in those guided tracks. But it's a lot of fun, and especially during the holidays where they've got some of the overlays, lights, and that kind of stuff on it. Um, to get some wind in your hair and kind of get away from everything. Number 81 is going to be Star Traders. And that's a on-trend clothing and apparel location. Um, they have some bags and pins in there. Um, but it's more geared towards the Tomorrowland apparel. And 77 is going to be Anti-Gravity's Ice Cream Parlor. Where you can get some desserts and snacks. As we continue to work our way back towards the main hub, you're going to get to Buzz Lightyear's Space Ranger Spin, which is a dark ride where you get to shoot a laser at aliens from a, a little buggy. And it, it's a fun little ride, um, definitely great for the kids. 75 is actually being torn down right now, and that used to be Stitch's Great Escape. So look for something new occupying that space probably here in the next year or so. The last thing that I'm going to come to in Tomorrowland is number 80, and that's Tomorrowland Terrace. So it is a quick service dining options on high park capacity days. So they kind of open it up as they know crowds are 
extremely high. But what it happens that's more important here is this is one of the best dessert parties for fireworks viewing. And it's a package that you can buy through the Disney website or through your travel agent. But what it does is it gives you a dessert party with a buffet of desserts and beverages. And it gives you prime seating right across the hub from the castle. So your view is really, really good from there. So Peter, why don't you talk about some of the more of the rides that are in Tomorrowland? Okay. So Matt just talked about our left side of Tomorrowland. So let's talk a little bit more about this right side that's going on. So first of all, I'm just going to talk about this clump all together. So 71, 72, and 79, there is a quick service restaurant there that serves some slushies and some other little snacks and pretzels and things like that called the Lunching Pad. And then you also have two rides up on top of the lunching pad on the very, very top that you can see way from when you put, when you come out of Main Street USA is the Astro Orbiter, which is a, it's a relatively tame ride if it were on the ground, right? So it's, you basically board a little rocket ship and the arm lets you adjust the height and put yourself higher or lower. So it's very similar in ride type to carpets of Aladdin and Dumbo, but add to the fact that you're about 40 feet up in the air for the ride platform itself. And then you're now probably about a hundred feet in the air in your rocket ship at its peak. So it's a very calm ride, but you add the height into it and that could definitely change your view of Astro Orbiter. And then the last thing in that area is People Mover. And People Mover is one of my family favorites. It's a really tame ride where you board a ride vehicle and using magnet propulsion, it actually pushes you along this track. And you can kind of see the track going here and here all through Tomorrowland and all the way back here. So it's a very, very long ride. It's nice because it develops a nice draft on those hot days and just kind of gives you a little bit of a breeze, um, takes you into some, some air conditioning and dark areas. So it's really great. Um, the last couple of things I want to talk about in Tomorrowland is a classic, timeless, ageless wonder called the Carousel of Progress, where you look at our nation through the decades. And Rocket Tower Plaza stage right here has stage throws shows throughout the day, um, normally focusing on dancing and sometimes Monsters Incorporated and, and other things like that. So um, a lot of fun. Last area is right here. And I circle all of this because first you have Space Mountain, which is definitely something you want to fast pass. I, it is, it's a roller coaster where you go single file, two cars of three through the dark, and you don't really know what's coming next. So it's thrilling. It's wonderful. It's, it's a staple. Um, definitely something you want to fast pass. I highly recommend not waiting in the line for that. And then this area right here, this area is where construction is currently going on for the Tron light cycle coaster. Um, I know there's going to be some indoor and outdoor areas, but really I'm just excited and waiting for it to come on. I don't want to spoil it too much for myself. I want to see what this ride's all about. I know that you board a light cycle 
and you go around in partially dark, illuminated, very similar to what you expect the Tron ride to be from that old classic film. Um, this is a really great point also to bring up our pro tip. Yeah, and today's pro tip is going to be you want to know when to ride the most popular attractions. You know, there's a lot of rides at the Magic Kingdom that can get really, really high wait times in that standby line. We're talking about Space Mountain, Seven Doors Mine Train, and Peter Pan to be specific. So really what you want to do is you either want to attack those with fast passes or use the late in the day method to where you can either catch one of those late fast passes for the ride or ride it after the fireworks. What it's going to do is it's going to cut down your stand time in those standby lines and let you do other attractions. You know, you can fit a lot into an hour and a half standby line if you're doing PhilharMagic and Dumbo and, you know, even Winnie the Pooh at some points during the day. So really time your rides well, and that's going to help you save time throughout the parks. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring Peter back on, and we're going to kind of finish up this video. Absolutely, Matt. And the pro tip that you just talked about is incredibly important because, uh, if, especially if you're doing the way that we've kind of talked about in these last two podcasts, if you're going to approach this in two days, you want to really aim for this second day of Fast Passes to be Peter Pan, Seven Dwarves, and Space Mountain because you, I am confident that you will be able to work your way to all of those other attractions by paying attention to wait times, grabbing a couple of bonus ones, and especially if this is your second day in Magic Kingdom, you don't have to go see the fireworks show. So you can even double back and hit some of those rides that normally get waiter or longer wait times and ride them again or ride them when everybody else is queuing up in front of the castle for the fireworks, you could be riding a ride or two if you kind of plan where in the park you'd want to be. You'll need to watch out for, you know, local fireworks closure areas like the carousel area and things like that for the fireworks show. But you could definitely do that if you pay attention to those wait times. So that kind of takes us through Magic Kingdom. We've talked about it in detail, giving you an idea of all six of those lands and also shared the two-day approach to Magic Kingdom that we recommend. Anything else special about Magic Kingdom that we want our viewers to know, Matt? Yeah, so Magic Kingdom is one of the better parks at decorating for the holidays. Not only do they have the two holiday parties in Mickey's Not-So-Scary and the Very Merry Christmas Party, but they also do well for decorating for fall, the 4th of July. They have special fireworks for New Year's Eve. So there's a lot of cool one-off things that happen through in this park throughout the year. So it's one of those things that if you like the holiday setting, no matter what holiday it is, these are this is a good park to really focus on and, and go and see some of these special things that they add for the holidays. Like I said, you want to look at Halloween, Christmas, and Halloween and Christmas basically take from August all the way through that first week of January at, at Disney. Um, and then they have special fireworks on New Year's Eve and July 4th. 
But for me, I think that takes care of just about everything at Magic Kingdom. So I want to thank everybody for joining us today, and you all have a good day. Bye, everybody.